You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart.
then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, Hebron, for an inheritance. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Uh, we're going to speak today about strength to take new territories. Uh, just before I do that, I, I do sense something you know, special about this service. Uh, praying, I believe that as someone who needs to receive the comfort of God. Um, you read Jeremiah chapter 31. He speaks about a lady who is crying. And it says she refuses to be comforted because her children have been taken away. Um, and it says a voice is heard in Ramah, verse, 30, verse 15. The voice is heard in Ramah, mourning and great weeping. I just want to say to some, I don't know who you are. We prayed for you uh, this morning, myself and a couple of the leaders. Uh, trust in God that you would open up your heart to receive God's comfort. We believe very strongly uh, the Bible says he's the one who comforts us in our times of tribulations. I don't want, I don't know who you are sitting beside, but could you just nudge them a bit and tell them, open your heart a bit, a bit, just, just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, maybe you should look at the person on the other side, because that person wasn't really friendly. Just tell the person on the other side <laughs> and tell them, I, I know you look all pretty. I know, I know you look all pretty. I know you're, I was going to say you're Mary Kay, but my people now come for me. You're Mary Kay and you're, whatever it is, it's looking all nice. You're looking all your highlights are looking good. I learned that one recently. Okay? Your highlights are looking all right. You bring out your, your nicest native. But just tell them, open your heart a bit. Open your heart just a little bit. A little bit. God is here to comfort someone. And if God leads you at the end of this service, as the service proceeds, to go up to someone and say, just hello, a smile, a hug, if you are so prompted and they permit. Uh, <laughs> I, I, would like you to, to, um, I would like you to extend comfort to someone today. Okay? Amen. Amen. Okay, um, so, so strength is what we've been talking about in this. I, I didn't bring my playlist today, so you have to improvise. But I have to kind of know what you're saying. Yeah, okay. But I'm talking about strength for new territories. One point I talk about vision. Do you have a vision song? <laughs> you will have it, right? Vision, then um, um, I talk about taking steps. Okay. It's going to come to you, but... <laughs> So, you might have a song, yeah. You might have, a, you might have something for that one. And then I think at some point I talk about curating your testimony. I'm not sure you have one for that. I count your blessings, name them one by one. You can play that one. It's an old one. All right? All right. <laughs> All right. But um, in, the, in the scripture we read, Caleb says to Joshua, God promised me something. He says, God promised me something a couple of years ago. And he says, um, it's taken 45 years now. It says, but I am still as strong now as I used to be. And we're speaking about strength in this season. And, and what tends to happen is that you, when you think of the new things that God is calling you to, or think of the things that God has promised you, you tend to sometimes define their boundaries by your current strength. So your current, you say to yourself, well, this is how much Hallelujah. This is how much strength I have now. So perhaps this is where God is calling me to. And sometimes whether you attempt or not depends on you know your perception of your strength versus their strength. The Bible says that God you know says send out a couple of people to the land that I'm sending you, Israel. They get there. Uh, Numbers chapter 14, 13, 14. They get there and, and they say, man, this land is, is fantastic. What puzzles me is that the children of Israel, the spies, come back with the produce of the land. 
So they bring back with them a testimony that the land is real. It's a different thing if they got there and say, man, this, this land is barren. But they come back with a testimony of the land. Um, but as they're bringing back the testimony of the land, they're also bringing back a testimony of fear. One that says we do not have enough strength to go into this land. In fact, the Bible says that when they described the people to you know, the rest of Israel, they said to them, look, we are really small. We're really very small. We were like grasshoppers in their sights. We were like grasshoppers in their sight. And, and two of them, Joshua and Caleb, bold people, said, look, if the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land. He will give it to us. A land, it's flowing with milk and honey. And they say, do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear. It says, for their bread for us. I'm reading out of Numbers 14, I think 8 to 9. It says, their defense is departed from them and the Lord is with us. Would you tell somebody next to you, tell them, I think you can take the land. I think you can take the land. I think, I think you can take the land. I think you can take the land. In fact, when you read Numbers 14, if you could put that scripture up, verses 1 to 4. It says, and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would God that we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore has the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword? And our wives and our children shall be a prey. Were it not better for us to return unto Egypt? And they said to one another, let us make a captain. Let us vote for someone. And like Oyesu was saying, it's important to be politically involved. Help me ask your neighbor, do you have your PVC card? You have your, your, Pastor Tolu, ask your neighbor. You, you don't have yours, Tolu. That's why your conscience does not allow you to ask her. Okay. One Sunday, we say, bring your PVC card to church. <laughs> but you please, 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 you know, it's, okay, we'll come there later. But please, stop shouting on social media is not how we elect presidents. Okay? All right. And he said, let us make a captain and let us return unto Egypt. I need to tell someone, you need to be careful about anything that tries to take you back to Egypt. You need to be careful. One of the challenges with slavery is that um, while you want to be free, you are not being taught how to fight battles. While you want to be free, you have not developed capacity and stamina to fight battles. That's one of the challenges with slavery. Because slavery means you have been kept in a place. And so it tends to be that the slave is being provided for by the slave master. And so, you would find that the people of Israel, at any given time, when God will say to them, let's go to this place, any small piece of adversity will say, we're not going anymore. And, and so, I say that this generation is a beautiful one. But one of the things I find is that we give up too quickly. We give up too quickly. We give up too quickly. You like Raleigh. You like the way she prays. You like the way she, you know, does the things. You like her hair. She changes regularly. You feel spiritual. You know, you walk up to her, hello, and she just looks at you, yes, yes, and she speaks in tongues. Like, oh, I'm not doing it again. It's just, you, you give up too quickly. You give up, you give up too quickly. Help me, help me nudge your brother beside you. You give up too quickly. You, you give up, 
You give up too quickly. You give up too quickly. Yeah, yeah. Any small thing, you go to work, your boss shouts, ah, no, I'm a creative. I can't take this. I can't work in this environment. I'm quitting. I'm quitting. I'm, I'm left, I've left this job. I've left this job. You give up a bit, a bit too quickly. Let's learn this song. Ah, you know, you have, or any small criticism. And it's the people of it, 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 because it shocks you. These guys wanted to go out of Egypt. They saw God do all sorts of things. God put on drama to get them out. He put on a show. God killed people on their behalf. Any small thing. Well, look, there were better vegetables in Egypt. Any small thing. No, there's cucumbers in Egypt. We're better. There's no water here. We, we can't find water. <laughs> Kill Moses. Let's go. Appoint a captain for us. I thought they said when I get born again, God will answer my prayer. God will answer my prayer. Those days, when I, if, I was, if I was not saved now, I just dial two numbers. They will, they will bring something for me. <laughs> Tell the person next year, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm not, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. So Caleb, in the first uh, scripture we read, Caleb has an inheritance mentali- mentality. Caleb has an inheritance mentality. Paul will say to the church in Ephesus, his farewell speech to them, Acts chapter 20, 20, says, I commend you unto God, the word of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance amongst them that are sanctified. Right into the church in Ephesus, Paul says there is an inheritance with a sense in light. I pray that you come to the place where you know how great, how awesome this inheritance is. God has given us in Christ an inheritance. And our inheritance manifests in different ways. And Caleb has an inheritance mentality and he says, I remember that God promised me something. I am not just living life Hoping that life will proceed from one place to the other, from one thing to the other. No. I, I, am, I am receiving from God on a daily basis hints, uh, 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 prescriptions. I'm receiving directions about my inheritance in Christ Jesus. In fact, God is working in me and preparing me for the promise, for the inheritance. That I may be able to possess. So Caleb comes and says, look. It was 45 years ago that God promised me this. He says, give me this mountain. I don't know if there's anyone who's 45 years old here. I don't think so. Not a lot of us. Okay. But I don't know what God promised you. For some of you in the name that God gave you, and I think the guy who's walking the slides is very excited. He's putting up slides before I get there. That's fantastic. I, I, I celebrate your enthusiasm, okay? Um, I don't know. Some of you, by the name that you were called, was a prophecy when you were born. It was part of your inheritance. For some of you, a prophecy came to you 10 years ago. It says, God wants to use you in such and such a place. For some of you, you were sitting down in a service one day, and the Holy Spirit said something to you. He said, I'm going to write the songs for the next generation. And you filed it away, but you have forgotten it. Or some of you in the midst of God's presence, as you pray, as you worship, you perceive things about your life, about your destiny. You land back on the earth and you look at the reality. If well cues have shown up again on a Sunday morning, if it's not demonic, what can it be? And you're like, my God, my God, this is the circumstance of my life. But Caleb has an inheritance mentality and says, now 
give me this money. And, and I wonder whether the plans you have made for 2018, the plans you have made for the next two years, the next three years, the next four years, are reflective of the mountains that God has appointed you to take over. I wonder whether you have forgotten what territory God has appointed for you. Because you consider Abraham, you consider Moses, Joshua, Noah, Gideon. And you realize that God will always give them territory that's always bigger than what their immediate strength can bear. I wonder whether you have described your next couple of years by what people told you. And one of the challenges of living, not just in this age, but also living in Nigeria, is that you tend to think small. You tend to think, because we, we seem to always be in a struggle. Your mind just seems to be, is there light? Is there light? So you're driving home, is there light? Ah, oh, it's no light. Oh, my God, you're taking light again. You know, you're just, is there water? They brought the tanker. There was a water. Is there water? You know, uh, you, you seem to be in a, in, a, in a fight just for survival. Help me tell the person next to you, oh, oh boy, will you take your mountain this year? <laughs> no, no, you have to say it with a bit of attitude. Would you take your mountain this year? Would you take your mountain? So what mountain has God promised you and your family? What territory has God promised you and your family? What territory has God promised your church? What territory has God promised your generation? Caleb says to Joshua, you might have forgotten, but I am putting you into remembrance of an outstanding promise that God has given me. And one of the things when we speak in tongues, the Bible says eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, doesn't that in the heart of man what God has promised. When we speak in tongues, like we open up a book of remembrance in our hearts. God begins to remind you about things. Uh, Paul writing to Timothy says, take hold of these prophecies that have gone before you. He says, because with them you would fight a good warfare. And when you speak in tongues, you begin to remember things. When you speak in tongues, it's as if you tune into a new channel. You begin to hear strange things from God. And someone reminded me recently how I, I said that every single person who is born again must always have at some point in time something they are working with in God, with God. But it's bigger than them. Far big. You must just always have something. I, I strongly believe. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. You must always have something that you are working with God on that is bigger than you. That hands, you cannot do with hands. You cannot, that cannot be achieved by the set of resources that are appointed unto you in the now. You must always have something. Otherwise, you know, you probably are just managing or coasting. And I, and I know there are people who say, but Idris, you do not know where I am coming from. I mean, and you've heard me share my God experience before. I've told you that the Bible says there's no temptation that's overtaking you except that which is common to man. You have your story, I have my story. Mori has a story. Ogochuku has a story. We all have our stories. We all have our stories. And, and, and so, there's this, as we talk about being stronger in this season, there's a call to the church saying, look, what has God promised you? What new territory is, is yours? What mountain is yours? Over the holidays, um, over the holidays, uh, we went to Abiyakuta or something. That was Abiyakuta, yeah? And when we were there, they said, okay, we're going to climb Ulumorok. I, I told them before we left Lagos, 
have plenty of rocks in my hometown. <laughs> I'm not spending my Christmas climbing this rock. I'm not going. You know, just, this is just my Benin man side. Just like, I'm not going to climb any rock after Christmas. Why? What's that? We got so. So, um, but as God will have it, conveniently, by the time we got to the foot of the rock, you know, that day, I remember that I had a sports injury. Okay? Uh, uh, I know it just came back to me. I felt the pain. I thought, oh, yeah, I really do have this injury. You know, and all of that. But it was interesting. So, and I really do want to go. You know, I, I'm keeping my energy for uh, Kilimanjaro and bigger things. I just saw, I could see, I could already see, it was almost a stall. I was like, no, I'm not going for this small one. But then, um, Ogo and the kids went. Uh, Pastor Tunji, Pastor Debo Motunde and their families, they all went. And, and I sat down in the car. But you should have seen when the, you know, the concrete army returns uh, a couple of minutes afterwards. You should have seen the joy. And it uh, described that there was one place. It was too steep. We couldn't go. We couldn't go again. So we now passed one place. In fact, we're on our knees or something. In fact, there's one place where they think there's now stairs or something. Like, like what kind of mountain climbing? They put stairs inside for coming. Like, what's all that, you know? But you should have seen the joy in their faces, the happiness. When they got there, they now started taking pictures for social media. That's when I knew it wasn't serious mountain climbing. Like, when you climb a real mountain, you don't have time to be taking pictures and jumping on top. But you should have seen the joy on their faces as they had conquered Olomorok. <laughs> I don't know who this is for. I don't know who God is staring their hearts about new territories. It says, greater am I that's in you than he that's in the world. That you carry supernatural strength. So, someone says to me, but it, okay, well, it was, this talk is nice. I like it. It's inspirational. He says, but, you know, how, how do I proceed? How do I proceed? The first thing I put in my notes is to capture the vision or capture a vision. Uh, Jesus often spoke about his plans. And I say, the Bible says he's the firstborn amongst many brethren. So I say I find it difficult to meet Christians who do not have plans. You're the same stock with, even God has plans. If you read through the Bible, you begin to get a sense of God's plans. So how can you, your father is a planner. Jesus, your first, oldest brother is a planner. Or you say, oh, no, I'm a free spirit. Just, I just, I just, I just, wherever the wind blows, you know, I just want to, just taking each day as it comes. Just living my best life now. And I like those lines. I use them sometimes. But the ability to, 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 to get to a place where as you worship, as you fellowship with the word, as you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you begin to hear what heaven is saying about you. That you would let the voice of God inscribe new vision new dreams upon the tablets of your heart. Doesn't the scripture say, I will pour out my spirit in the last days? And it says the result of that is that old men, young men will dream dreams and see visions. Will you ask the person next to you, have you seen a vision? Have you seen a vision? Have you seen a vision? Have you seen something? Bible says that in Habakkuk, it says, the Lord answered me and said to them, write the vision, Habakkuk 2, 2 to 4. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run that reads it. He says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. 
I say we must make audacious plans trusting in God. We must make audacious plans trusting in God. Because scripture says here in Habakkuk that there is something about having written it down, having writing it down, and then reading what you have written down that provokes strength on your inside. I don't know what you have written down about the future. And you must write. You must write. There must be vision somewhere. Something that pulls you when you wake up in the morning. So I I said, what are you reading that is making you run? What are you reading that is making you run? As As I'm here, I have at least... A couple of, I I have prophecies that have been told me about me that I remember ever so often that make me run. I have visions of the future that make me run. I say, what are you hearing that is making your heart to burn within you? The two disciples chatting with Jesus, they got to a point after they realized it was Jesus, they said, did our hearts not burn within us? Because what happens is that sometimes we feel the space that vision should take in our hearts with entertainment. And I love entertainment. I love, I love, I've got things that I watch religiously. Who are you hanging out with? The Bible says that Mary and Elizabeth have a meeting. And the Bible says there is, in that meeting, a stimulation of something on the inside. Who are you hanging out with that is making the baby in your womb kick? The Lord says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. If you ask the person next to you, have you written down your vision? Have you written down any vision at all? Our testimonies are important. The second point is about curating your testimonies. Our testimonies are important. Because we like to say that look, our testimonies are like a gym, a rehearsal place, a rehearsal room for our prophecies and our destiny. So David will say in First Samuel chapter 17, read verse 34 to 37. He says, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by the beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me From the paw of the lion, testimony one. And from the paw of the bear, testimony two. He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to him, to David, go and the Lord be with you. So even Israel will write songs about the victories that God had performed on their behalf. So that even when they were resting and relaxing, 
on a Saturday night and just playing the DJs, just playing that song. It was a song that reminded them of the faithfulness of God in the past. One of the psalmists would say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Because what happens sometimes when we stand considering what to do is that we forget what the Lord has done for us in the past. We forget. So you should have you know, journals where you write what God has done. You should discuss with yourself ever so often what God has done for you. Israel would let reminders of God's faithfulness uh, become part of their culture and their lifestyle. And this is important. So Caleb remembers what God had promised him. He had, I don't know if he had written it down somewhere, but Caleb, after 10 years, after 20 years, after 30 years, after 40 years, he's in 45th year, he shows up and says, give me this mountain. The interesting thing about mountains, he describes that in the scripture we read earlier, is that they're not just pieces of rock stacked on one another. In this case, there was some adversity there. There was people on it. There were things that he needed to battle with and to conquer. And I can imagine why sometimes some of us stay away from the mountains that God has appointed for us. Because when you think of all the adversity, when you think of all the hard work, it just breeds fear in your heart. The scripture we read in Numbers says, when a report came back to Israel, that the whole congregation, this is millions of people, so I don't know if you can imagine just millions of people weeping, collectively, like a big choir, just crying, you know, the men, the deep voices, oh, then the women with the soprano and the alto, just weeping in concert. You're under fear, just multiplying. They've killed us. Oh, we are dead. Oh, we are dead. And it's just one beautiful song, you know, and the devil started playing the, the guitar for them, just like sing a little bit more and sing a little bit. And so, so my last point is about clearing the fear and taking action. In matters of destiny, Majority does not win the vote. Your life is not the subject of popular opinion. It does not matter what other people have said about your life. It doesn't even matter what circumstances have said about your life. If Caleb and Joshua had listened to the 10 other spies, they, they wouldn't even have come up with that good report and been able to sustain their own lives so they could lead Israel later in history. If David had listened to the behavior of, of the other generals, he would never have tried to take on Goliath. So I said you should fuel your faith. The strength to take on new territories comes from fueling your faith with God said. God is, God can, and God will. For some people here, uh, you know, there's a concept called a spiritual heart attack. And so David will say, uh, when he's talking to Saul, he says, let no man's heart fail him. 
So for some people, your physical heart is still pumping, still working all fine. But the spiritual heart has shut down. You've gone into the place where you've accepted that you will do only the things that you can do, given your circumstances, your history, your certification, the degrees you have, the help your parents can provide. You've said, you've solved it out and decided that, well, that life might be good after all. But David said, let no man's heart fail him. How do you deal with fear? How do you deal with fear? Um, as, I, as I prepared for this, I, you know, I was reminded about how many times God will tell his people, just put one foot on the ground. He will say to them, wherever the foot, the soles of your foot shall touch or tread upon, you will possess. So sometimes it was just about the first step, the power of the first step, the power of the first step, the power of the first step. For some of you, it's just moving towards the mountain at all. The Bible says when David confronted Saul, that he ran towards him. And so in this season, there is someone who needs to just even dip their feet in the When Joshua and the priests were going, it wasn't the Red Sea, it was the River Jordan then. The Bible says that as the priests put their foot in the water, that the waters parted. I don't know who it is who God is saying, at least let's put one foot there. There's someone who you've been talking about further education for a while, going on a master's for a while. It's new territory that you sense that God is calling you to. But every time you hear about the kind of people who went for the masters from your class, who tried to go, I say, don't you know Benjamin? I made the first class. Eh, he applied. They didn't take him. Oh, they didn't take him. Oh, stop. Eh, I said, but even though Falake, the one that was 2-1 after him, that was like, that girl, very bright. He used to make her hair. You remember? Yeah, I said that girl. I remember. They didn't take her too. Oh, and you remember. You weren't serious in class. So, <laughs> You now remember where <laughs> there's no hope of Benjamin. Hmm? And for like, you sure they didn't take her. They didn't take her. They didn't take her. And she wrote her essays very well. Very well. Uh, why should I? I shouldn't bother. I shouldn't bother. I, should, I shouldn't bother. Or let me bring it home to some other guys. You know, you're talking. I, said, I really like that Rolly girl. That Rolly. Oh, I like her. I like her. Rolly, I don't know what you gave to me over the weekend, but <laughs> let's stay with this. Let's, let's, let's stay with this. I really like her. Now that you're married, I can't use this as an example. So you start, when you start, you're talking to Bumian. Ah, they say, ah, but Bumian says to you, ah, but he tried though. <laughs> he talked to her. He eh? said, really? He said, what happened? She just spoke in tongues and walked away. He <laughs> said, really? They say, okay. Yeah, but, and that's, that's, maybe, you know, Shalalawa sometimes, you know, maybe, maybe, say, but even, even Samuel, even Samuel, tall Samuel, broad, he went. He, when he went, he brought flowers. She just eyed the flowers and she walked away. And so what happens is, but you, you sense in your heart that this is your territory. You sense that this is the mountain that the Lord has. You sense it in your heart. You say, but I perceive. It's the power of the first step. Your first step might be going, going for Saturday prayer meeting. <laughs> Because you know, you know that she leads the prayer meeting. She likes prayer people. That might be your first step. Your first step might even go into her because you know she's spiritual. 
I say, Raleigh, I want you to please just explain this scripture to me. <laughs> but your first step might just be getting her number. Might be locating where she likes to sit in church. You sit beside and I pray that this is the Sunday that P.I. says to you. Say to your neighbor, I love you. That's the power of faith. But if you stand from afar and admire the territory, hmm, ah, this mountain is fine. <laughs> and we're all laughing, but God knows that some of you have been admiring territory from afar. From, you like the mountains. Ah, this software company that will change the nation. It's lovely, it's lovely. And they tell you, ah, three people have tried. They all failed, failed, failed. And you admire it from afar. God has called you to reach out to the unchurched. But you heard about the people who tried and became a disgrace to the kingdom. I'm not going there. I'm not, I'm not going there. Or when you, 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 there is always a reason not to try. But the power of the first step. Because sometimes all that needs to happen is for your foot to touch the water. Sometimes all that needs to happen I can imagine the Joshua telling the priest, God said, step into the water. Priest, look at Joshua. What do you say? So God said, just put your feet there. And don't forget that these are guys who have been, they, they, they're one generation away from the generation that went through the Red Sea. So those testimonies are still very, so there's some strength in them. Because normal people do not carry the ark and put their leg. It's like, what? I'm going to do that. I'm your pastor and I say, ah, God has commanded us. We're taking over. Let's go. Atlantic Ocean. Uh, to Lotion Over. To Latin Over. Put your legs into the rest. <laughs> Pia, you're joking, man. <laughs> I respect your spiritual authority, but I'm not going. In fact, Pia, why don't you just put your leg first? <laughs> and let's see. I would like you to look at the person next to you and tell them I'm concerned about your life. Uh, no, that doesn't sound like you're concerned. You need to talk. Okay, just tap the person on the shoulder and tell them I'm concerned about your life. Tell them I refuse for your life to be mediocre. I refuse for your life to just be normal. I refuse for you to just stand and admire the mountain from afar. You just tell them, would you please take the first step? The children of Israel, they said in Numbers 13, 13, it says that, look, we, we saw these people we saw them. He says, and when we saw them, they didn't talk to them. He says, but when we saw them, we were like grasshoppers in their sight. Which means that at every point in time, as God presents you with the things that you must do, my pastor has been saying over the last couple of months or weeks, the task that will fall upon you. That's how he says it, right? The, the task that must, when he, when he tells you about it, for some of you, you begin to hear something that the task is, because they, so, so, so they said, look, in their sight. So what happens is that we projected, how are they seeing us? And the Bible says, as they did that, their own strength. So they said, we're like grasshoppers. We're just like small people. No, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. I like to say that a God of possibilities has bettered a people of possibilities. The psalmist says in Psalm 18, says, for by you, verse 29, I can run against the troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. Hebrews 11, 11 says, Sarah, by faith, received strength to conceive 
even in old age. I don't know who you are. But I'm praying that you will cultivate an inheritance mentality. Understanding that when we get born again, it's, it's a call. Paul describes it as co-laborers with God. God is calling people. You see what I'm saying earlier? He's calling some of us to politics. He's calling people to education. He's calling people to our judiciary, our legal system. Myself and Tolu were having that conversation during the week and saying, it seems as if almost every part of our, nas- our nation is broken. You know, it's not just things are slow. No, it just seems as if someone deliberately took a spanner and went, just as education here, bam, bam, bam. And then, then they move down to, uh, uh, to healthcare and destroy. And what happens is, the guys who God has called to healthcare, you go into a hospital and it's, you know it's, this is senseless. That we are better than this. You know, you, know, you know that in this room alone is enough mental capacity to run this country better. You know it. Okay, let's, just, let's say they don't give us the whole country. In this room alone, if they gave us the educational system of this country, Imperial, Imperial, Unilag, Uniben. It's <sighs> good schools. In this room alone, it's enough capacity to cause lasting change in different aspects of our country. But what happens is we go and we're like, ah, the corruption everywhere. And as we consider it, our strength goes away. The people who God is speaking to about what he wants to do in the end times. The people who God is speaking to about where he wants to preach the gospel. The people who he's speaking to about, because you know, I'm frustrated about the fact that, you know, I've got kids and like, the only th- I can't even listen to the music and I don't know what music they're listening. Just our whole entertainment space, our whole media space, and God has been telling you, it's time to do something. It's, it's, it's okay to hide. It's okay to hide around the fact that there is a small blessing in your hand. It's okay. It's okay to say, oh, have you seen my new car? Oh, you bought that Lexus. I bought it. God has blessed you. Oh, God has blessed you. It's okay to hide behind that. Or the fact that they've promoted you. Or they will promote you. It's okay to hide that you now have a, a, a nice boyfriend, all six foot four. It's okay. God bless you. It's okay. Rolly has now said, you know, hi to you. It's okay. Your, your life is made. Okay? But I, I sense that God is calling us to bigger things than meat and drink. It's no mistake that you are in Nigeria at this time. It's not a mistake. So when you wake up in the morning and you see this scarcity of petrol or whatever it is, for some of you, all you just say, ah, these giants, they've killed us. How can I relocate? Canada, how do we do it? How? How? You know? But for some of you, God is saying, your mountains. It might take two years, but it's your mountain. It might take five years, but it's your mountain. It might take ten years, 
but it's your mouth. Two prayers this morning. Two prayers. Two prayers. One is a prayer that says, uh, if there's anything that tries to lead me back to Egypt, uh, Father, destroy them. Because the Bible says, the people of Israel said, Lord, appoint us, guys, appoint us captain that will take us back onto Egypt. And I want us to pray that prayer. It was in my heart later, earlier in the day. But the second thing is, Lord, give us strength. Give us strength for new territories. For some of you, pictures, you will start to see new pictures. For some of you, you will start to see new visions. You will pray in the Holy Ghost and you start to write down descriptions. I'm done for time. But isn't it amazing that you can't find all of us collectively complain about artisans. And then if you get another mic, I would like you to pray with me. We complain about artisans. Oh, there's nobody there. So when you get an electrician in Nigeria, you're not sure if he even knows what he's saying. You're just praying, let this guy not burn my house. He's just connecting wires and stuff. But it's someone's territory to set up a huge training institute for artisans. Put a thousand, two thousand, five thousand electricians. Get people to train them, grade them, certify them, and show them. And so with that certificate, show them, guys, these are electricians, not the ones that just connected. If they work, if they work, it never work. Okay, wait. And connect another one. People that can produce an electrical plan for a house that you can read and reference. This is a fuse. This small thinking of the, they gave me visa, they didn't give me visa. She smiled at me, she didn't smile at me. It's not what Jesus died for. It's not what Jesus died for. That prayer says, Lord, give me this mountain. This one life that I have, I refuse to use it for just normal. And by the help, and our mountains are different. And oh, these mountains are to the glory of God. And oh, what happens is that as we do the things that God has asked us to do, and take the territory, that the name of Jesus is lifted up. The gospel of our Lord Jesus is spread. I don't know if anybody would like to pray, but I would. Maybe, yeah, it's a good place to start. Hold the hand of someone next to you. Ask them their name. Tell them you don't want to pray for a stranger. Ask them for their real name so the prayer answer does not miss. They say, are you sure? My name is Bumi. Are you sure? What's your real name? Your real name. Okay. And ask them, may I pray for you? Even if they say no, just, just go ahead and ignore them. Would you just speak in tongues a minute or so over that life, over that life? Would you speak in tongues if you can? If you don't pray in the spirit, it's fine. Just pray over that life. Just thank God over that life. But every testimony of slavery, and people would say, let us go back to Egypt. But in Egypt, you were bound. We refuse to go back. 
And every captain that wants to lead my brother or my sister back onto Egypt, we stand against in the name of Jesus. That wants to lead them back to the place where they were bound by small thinking, where they could not step out without human permission. The price has been paid for my brother's destiny. That the blood of Jesus was enough. That the blood of Jesus was enough. That they are free anymore. Come on, church. Come on, church. One more minute. Come on, come on, church. Come on, church. They will not go back. They will not go back. They refuse to remove our hands from the They will not go back. In the name of Jesus. 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 This prayer is for yourself now. This prayer is for yourself now. Caleb says, I am strong as I used to be. Hey, it says, were you not there when God promised me? Someone needs to say to God, Lord, what mountain have you promised me? What mountain is in my lineage? What mountain is in my lineage? What mountain is in my lineage? What mountain, what territory is in my destiny? I refuse to live a small life. I refuse to live a little life. I refuse to live a life restrained by human beings. I refuse to live a life. Constrained by where I was born, who I was born with, who they call me. Hey, someone needs to ask God for vision. Someone needs to ask God for vision. Someone needs to ask God for vision. Someone needs to ask God to show you the next step. Hey, give me this mountain, Lord. Give me this mountain, Lord. Give me this mountain, Lord. Give me because my strength comes from you, my help comes from you, my strength comes from you. I refuse to define myself by the things that I know. I refuse to define myself by the things that I see. Lord, give me this mountain. Hey, 
someone in strength you're someone in strength in this prayer you're praying over your own life you're praying over your own life and you're someone in strength for everything God has called you to do everything God has called you to possess every territory he's called you to enter everything that it will not be on account of weakness you will not fall you will not stumble so you're, you're, you're just saying to God Lord I receive strength I receive strength I receive strength I receive strength for the race that is ahead. I receive strength for my destiny. I am not a weakling. I am not a victim. I receive strength. 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 I have fallen before the Bible says a righteous man might fall seven times. I receive strength to stand up. I receive strength to stand up. I receive strength to try. I receive strength to dream. I receive strength to conceive. I receive strength to speak. I receive strength to design. I receive strength. 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 The God of all possibilities, our Father and our God, as a congregation, we turn unto you. As people, we turn unto you. As a country, we turn unto you. Lord, we ask that you would give us the mountains that you promised. Every single person here, under the sound of my voice, I declare no one will live a mediocre life. And everyone will take the territory that you desire for them. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Lord, inscribe vision in our hearts in this season. Give us supernatural strength. We thank you for helpers of destiny. We thank you for open doors. We thank you for prophecy. We thank you for the help and the supply of your spirit. We thank you for new anointings. We thank you for strong spirits. Lord, we're strong in you and in the power of your might. Because we share a big amen. A huge amen. Let's put our hands together and celebrate Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. You can take your seats. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. 
To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.com.